So, let me tell you something that you should have already realized by now about this fucking show you're listening to. This shit is supposed to be for mature audiences. As in grown-ups, mentally mature. It's supposed to talk about adult subjects in an adult frame of mind. It's not fucking that at all. This is two emotionally regressed, broken half-wits pretending to offer insight on movies. All they really offer you is an endless sexual perversion and a laundry list of personal paraphilia issues. You can make your own choices in life, but you have to choose this as entertainment. You know you're better than this. You have to know you are better than listening to Cinema Psyops. Cinema Psyops, 
This is the first episode of Year 7, which I, for some reason, decided to schedule right before I'm going to go on vacation, so I gotta work extra hard just to get everything done for you folks. And do you even appreciate what I do for you? I'm your host, Court, and a man who doesn't appreciate all the hard work I have to go in to do to make him look even halfway decent as a co-host is my co-host, Matt! I've never looked halfway decent in anything, so you know what? You're doing a shit job. <laughs> uh, no, because no. you are significantly worse when you're not edited. I cut out still a lot of your uhs and ums, and so he, uh, oh wait, no, uh, I cut oh, a lot of that true. out. I got a lot of uhs in my life. <laughs> I've noticed that you do this thing where when you're doing a review, you will get way ahead of what it is that you want to say, and yeah. so you'll just like jump to the, the action that's going to happen, and then you go back and say the character name. I've noticed that over the last couple of years of editing your reviews. I get, I, I get really excited. <laughs> I, just, I just want to talk about it. That's all. <laughs> well, I think that may be sort of the appeal for you doing the review, because it's almost like a little kid, like Dash telling the story of everything that everybody just saw in the battle that took place where they were Thanks. kicking ass. Thanks, everyone. I really wanted that comparison. <laughs> <laughs> what? I think that's cute. I think it's adorable. Hey, Dash is a minute man, all right? Ed? <laughs> Just because he's speedy doesn't mean he doesn't have longevity. Oh, I got you. <laughs> That's like saying Flash is a minute man, but no, he's just a speedster. There's a huge uh, difference. I, I think it could be uncomfortable if not lubricated properly. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. If you were a speedster, you could make various body parts vibrate at whatever frequency and speed you wanted. This is true. This is, this is, uh, yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't like getting into superhero sex talk because it, it just raises so many questions that I I don't need to have that existential crisis for. Well, that and that's more territory for Kevin Smith anyway to, to try and make the geeks argue over whether or not the thing, thing is made of orange rock. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be. <laughs> Does he even have a thing? I don't, I don't, okay, fuck it. We, we gotta get out of this. This is our. This is not our forte. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah, it may not be it, our forte, but yeah, it's definitely a thing. It is a thing. Thank you, David. <laughs> One of the things that is definitely our thing is black exploitation, because Matt, you are an expert on covering black exploitation on this show. There is again no one, and I mean no one, better to speak of the black experience in the late in the sixties and seventies in film. In film. More than the middle-aged white man. So <laughs> on this show, anyway, there's no one more. At, qualified. at least this show, and because I handle it with such grace and kindness. Yes, and, and we're, we're gonna we're gonna deal with a lot of the stuff in coffee, which is what we're talking I'll, about this week. Coffee, that, I'm telling you, man, there are, there's some there's some shit that can really be settled into you know, that that this could be made today, same way, and it would all be kind of the same. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's yeah. changed, which is sad, which is very sad. Yeah. Yeah. I was really bummed out watching a lot of this. And yeah, it's yeah. it's basically the clothing has changed and the yeah. faces are different and there's a new crop of youth yeah, being besmirched and mistreated that way. And it's really kind of a downer. And I don't, I never remember coffee being as much of a downer of a film as this actually is. And it I, is, it really is. Because back then you were maybe not thinking about it as much. We're, we're much more exposed to things that we were purposely or or unpurposely blind to and and we've we've been shown things now and oh i'm not even just talking about the racism being a downer i oh, mean that's a huge okay. fucking downer i'm just talking about the movie itself is a fucking downer yeah the movie itself is fucking it's it's pretty down i mean it's a grim fucking crime it, film it, it, i remember yes, it being it more of a revenge action film and sort of having a happy ending but like they're, they're uh, it is, i mean spoiler 
spoiler alert, there's no happy ending in Cosmo. There, are, there is no happy ending. Yeah, this you, is... You, you, you this, think you're being given a happy ending, but when you really think about it, you're not. Yeah, yeah, and I, I can't actually wait to, to go ahead and talk about coffee, so let's just go ahead and play yeah. that Legion Patreon ad, and we'll have some music that I snagged right out of the fucking soundtrack when we come back. Fucking A. This'll keep it quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You call me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing... All the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars... You can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash legion podcasts. We appreciate it and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. is the color um yeah, yeah. that song even is it's, it's a bit problematic kind but of much like uh all like many black exploitation films of this era that we have covered uh all the songs had something to do with the story that was being told yeah yeah i think foxy brown is probably my favorite um yeah if i really want to watch something gritty and dark uh i'm totally gonna go for coffee but i think foxy brown has a better happy ending and it's a little bit more upbeat and it's just a lot more fun and i think that may be why we covered that one first i mean yeah. it's so grim it's even grim in this trailer my name's coffee coffee black and stacked and packed with fury with both barrels zeroed in on the mob's top killers this is the end of your rotten life you don't push her coffee where the action is there coffee is Coffee, godmother of them all. The baddest one chick hit squad that ever hit town. Coffee. 
Rated R. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> That'd be great if a voiceover guy. Rated R. No shit, right, guys? Oh, right. fuck, have you seen it? Yeah, of course it's rated R. Let <laughs> All right. So, coffee, the first 20 minutes. All right. Uh, there's a little bit of a party going on. Uh, big boss is walking around. Dude comes up and he says, hey, he's got a lady who's in need. And this guy and this boss is going to want to see him. Boss not happy to see this guy because, you know, it's like this guy owes him money, that kind of shit. But he's like, dude, you got to check out this lady. So the boss goes outside because the lady's in his car already. And who is in the back seat? But it is the lovely Pam Greer. Okay, so the lady is in the boss's car. The yes, guy put the, this dope- the lady in the boss's car. And the boss is kind of pissed at first. But when you go back and you see Pam Greer in the back seat of your car, you're not as mad anymore. <laughs> Uh, I will say this about the film. It definitely uses the fact that Pam Greer is knockout gorgeous to show how easily she can manipulate and just basically get men to do exactly what she wants. And I have no argument against this. Like I I, I can't argue that the minute I saw her in this film, I'm like, well, she could probably manipulate me and make me do whatever she wanted. Right. I I, I would be powerless against her. Right. The way she was sitting in the back and the way that they show her and the way that they film her, it like he just looks down like down into the window of the car and i'm yeah. like yep that tender yeah. trap would have caught me oh yeah i'd be I'd, i'm dead already look at that i'm not gonna last past three minutes of this film because <laughs> yeah. she's gonna kill me yeah spoiler <laughs> alert coffee's out to kill people and we know pam yeah. is coffee so yeah big right, shock so. there i never really call her coffee in this film because i keep calling her pam Greer. so uh, yeah i put respect it, on her name all right yeah and it feels a lot better just to call yeah. her by the actress name than the character name because i don't know if white dudes can call a black woman coffee and get away with it yeah even though that's her last name in the movie yeah it's like coffin? i guess her last her last name is like coffin or coffer no no or, it is coffee yeah but they they call her coffee but they actually when she's introduced in one of the scenes he says her oh. full last name is like coffin uh, see i i missed that. Like see, that yeah uh, with a lot of these films the audio can get a bit tricky on everybody <laughs> yeah this print looks great and everything but yeah. there's some there's some audio issues i will there's i will definitely admit. some audio issues yeah. yeah so a lot of times so maybe you picked out something that i so if you did like i, I missed something audio wise just let me know because i'll be interested in that because i was commenting i even noted that uh right here in the beginning of the film that we had these kind of problems so <laughs> yeah so that was something that i think uh her man that she was dating when we get to that scene when he introduces yeah. her he actually says her full name or i think it might have been the cop that she's kind of interested in when uh, well that she used to date yeah yeah or that she All did right. date at one point in time one of those but, two when they're talking to somebody else about her says her full last yeah. name and it's something like coffin and they just yeah. call her coffee for short which makes something. sense that would make a yeah. good nickname if your last name is coffin yeah maybe you don't want to have the last name coffin so you'd rather go buy coffee but right to me she's pam greer i put respect on that name fucking so. You do fucking a I do. So uh, they say she needs smack and she's acting like she needs it real bad. She's like going through a withdrawal and she'll do anything. Well, we're at the hotel and uh, they're they go back to a hotel and they're hooking up while the the other guy who's driving them who brought her. He's he's making up some smack. And it's not a hotel. It was the, the, uh, the guy's guy place. Brought, yeah. The guy that okay. brought Pam Greer. Because. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He said, you 
take go to your place because we yep. don't have time. Yeah. You're right. So he's making the smack, uh, the guy driving, and the boss and Pam are getting down. And then she turns the tables. She brings out the shotgun and blows the boss's head up. Uh, very Dawn of the Dead type style of head exploding. Yeah, it was a full-fledged actual shotgun blast into a dummy yeah. head. Uh, yeah. The line that she says just before she shoots him is a pretty infamous line, and they had it in the trailer. They just edited out the motherfucker yeah. part of it. But this is the end of your rotten life, you motherfucking dope pusher. Yeah. Um, if you listen very intently to, I think it's Electric Head, or one of the songs on Astro Creep 2000 actually starts and or ends with that quote. But it instead of saying pusher, they, they just kind of like delete the pusher part off the end and then uh-huh. have it like drop out and pitch so you actually hear pam greer say this is the end of your rotten life you motherfucking dope <laughs> before i'd actually seen coffee i had heard that album and then when i watched the movie i'm like god damn i found yet another one that's our first clip it was easy for him because he really didn't believe it was coming but it ain't gonna be easy for you because you better believe it's coming wait wait what do you want to go and do this for why why look here i got you fixed don't you want your fix? No, but you do. I don't get this. What do you want with me? My name's Coffin. LaBelle Coffin is my little sister. LaBelle? Shooting smack at 11, and you got her out of your dirty shame. Please, please. Her whole life is gone. She can never get it back. And you're living real good. That ain't right. It ain't right. So gonna take the shot. Maybe it will and maybe it won't. But if it do, you're gonna fly through them pearly gates with the biggest fucking smile St. Peter ever seen. No, no. I don't even remember your little sister. No. See right there when she said my name is Coffin. Yeah, yep. Yeah, my I heard little it sister now. was Lula Bell Coffin. Um. Anyway, so and then she makes the dealer take a fucking dope shot that's way too big. Uh. Yeah. Uh, that is referred to as a hot shot. It is a, a hot shot. Yeah. It's a shot of way too much fucking heroin. Yeah. That you pretty much will not survive, and if you do survive. It's going to fuck a, you up and it's going to wreck yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be a vegetable. Yeah. But so. a hot shot is designed essentially to kill you and make it look like you accidentally overdosed. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we cut to a hospital and we see that Pam is a nurse. One nurse is already rattled in surgery and the doctor throws her out and wants Pam to get in there right away. Well, Pam, because apparently Pam's really good. But Pam gets in there now and after, you know, she has just now murdered two people pretty much, even though the other guy isn't dead. Uh, vengeance uh, slaying. She, yeah. Vengeance slaying. I mean, she went on a rampage. I mean, it's a rampage. But uh, uh, she's she's kind of she's herself because, you know, because Pam is a good person in this movie. She is very rattled herself. And so she gets sent away. Well, that was actually some excellent acting, seeing her suffering from what it was that she just did. Um, Pam really, really rocks this movie. It would not have worked without her. No, not at all. And we can tell this is probably this character's first like like this is her first first time out for vengeance here so this is probably her first couple of kills and yeah that's probably gonna that's probably gonna make you feel a certain way um yeah so the way that she's actually shook i think it makes it way more realistic because 
I mean, I don't care who you are, unless you're maybe me. If you kill a person, it's going to haunt you. I still think you'd even be haunted if you killed a person, depending on the the reason you killed them. Right. Well, I think that if I were to have done what Coffee did and gotten revenge yeah. that way, first of all, it wouldn't have worked because I ain't seducing anybody. Yeah, because the big boss comes in back and you're laid seductively in the back seat. That's that's just not going to work for anybody. <laughs> right. Well, but, actually, it depends on the boss. Depends on what the boss likes. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I might be a snack to some folks. I mean, there are yeah, communities of people that are into what I'm, what I got to offer. But yeah. um, <laughs> I've never met them. Uh, <laughs> but, I just see them on Twitter sometimes. <laughs> right, right. I know that they're tweeting at me and they're calling yeah. me like a bear and stuff. But I, yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, okay, but, but, thanks. I appreciate that you're into me. Cool. Thank you, thank you. But then you got to find one of those people who's also a big boss of, you know, dealing dope. You know, you're, the pool just gets smaller and smaller with what we got to work with. Right. Here. The likelihood that I would be <laughs> trying to get vengeance against someone who would also want to bang me is extremely <laughs> null and void. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway, besides all of that, but like for that kind of vengeance, if you came for one of mine, I think I would feel less guilty about it. But I honestly don't know because yeah. my emotions and my reactions to things are completely different than what I would have expected them to be. And it's gotten weird in my old age. Yeah, I've I, have, I have no idea what I would be. I, I'm I'm I think it, by maturing, like I think when I'm younger, I'd be like, yeah, you come after one of my people. I'll kill you without thinking twice. But now that I'm older and uh, maybe a bit more mature and can examine my, you know, feelings a little bit better. I'm I have no idea how I'd feel. I don't know if I could even go that route. I don't know if I could go that far. Well, so there you go. When we do the show in the morning, we're so much more mature and thoughtful because we're tired I, and, and a little know, right? over. Our, it's, these are our shields are down, people. These are raw emotions coming out. <laughs> but no, I just wanted to comment on that because so many of these vengeance things show like a, like a this lot person's of person's just like I'm ready to kill and right. I have, have any feelings on it. Yeah, like in Death Wish, for instance, Paul Kersey, whenever he beats that dude down with that sock full of quarters yeah. as soon as he gets back to his apartment he's all shaken up and excited but then he starts flailing on his fucking furniture with the sock because he can't get enough of it you yeah know? and yeah. while that may be cool in a film to see you don't really want to be around a person that can do that and be okay with it exactly so anyway uh two cops come up and they start talking to a doctor asking about the actual person who pam made od on heroin and he is apparently completely fucking brain dead he is gone. Well, um, as they come up, that actually becomes our next clip. Oh, Carter. What's the matter? Something wrong? No, I'm just a little tired tonight for some reason. What are you doing here? The only cop I know to get a dislocated toe while run over by his own squad car while riding a parking ticket because he didn't set the handbrake. Come on, coffee. Don't tell stories like that. And I had to hold your hand while they said it. You want some? Yeah, black, please. Boy, we had a real messy one tonight. Junkie killed his connection with a shotgun. Blew his head clean off. Then OD'd himself. Yeah? Kind of strange, isn't it? At least that's what my partner says. I don't believe it. You don't? There's a mob been moving in here and taking over the vice and narcotics rackets. Even trying to pay off the police. You're really beginning to sound like a cop now, you know it. I got a busy night, Carter. I gotta go. Hey, wait a minute, Coffee. I still want to see you. Can't we get together this week? Oh, come on, Carter. I told you how it is. Things haven't changed any. I can't believe you're still hung up on that phony politician. 
Now, you're not going to get to me by insulting my friends, you know. Well, just give it a chance. I mean, something innocent like a movie or a drive in the country. Come on, what are you doing tomorrow? You won't want to do what I'm doing tomorrow, Carter. Yes, I will. Try me. Some of the kids were on all kinds of pills. Some are on methadone now. The youngest is only nine years old. The worst are the ones that got the contaminated junk. But you know how some dealing junkies are that put anything into it to stretch another dollar out of it. So when I got my certificate, I moved up here so I could make more bread to send some home to LaBelle, paying for music lessons and dance classes. So she wouldn't end up hustling like my older sister. But when you got a sister who's hustling and a brother who's snorting coke and shooting up, then I found out about a month ago, for the past year, all the money's been going for junk. Pills first, then smack. I told her to stay away from those people. But some junkie knew she was getting money and he started leaning on her. You know how it is. Carter, wouldn't you want to kill somebody who had done a thing like that to your little sister? Sure would. Then you think it'd be right? What? To kill some pusher who's only selling so he can get money to buy for himself? What good would that do, Coffee? I mean, he's only part of a chain that reaches all the way back to some poor farmer in Turkey or Vietnam. What would you do? Kill all of them? Well, why not? Nothing else seems to do any good. You know who they are. Everybody knows who they are. Now, you're a cop. Now, why don't you just arrest them? It's not that simple, Coffee. The law can't do that. You bet it can't. And I know why it can't, too. Because the law is in for a piece of the action. Not all of it. Not yet. Oh. Look who's here. Pretty hard for a poor ordinary cop to compete with, huh? Oh, Carter, now, you've been real nice up to now. Don't spoil it. Yeah, but we had a real good thing together once, Coffee. I think there's still something there. But we were kids then. Things are different now. Good night, Carter. See, in that conversation they were having on the way back in the car, after that yeah. scene that was very clearly parodied in Black Dynamite rather well, where he tore that yeah. orphanage of yes, all those yes. kids on drugs. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, she does actually have a thing where she's like trying to see or just kind of get a litmus test on should I be feeling guilty or should I be feeling good? Because she's conflicted about this. Like, well, she seems like, well, you know, wouldn't that be a good thing to do? Shouldn't that be something that I did? And then the cop lays it out where he's like, well, you know, there's like he kind of has a very liberal policy in his own mind about like, hey, you're going to have to take out the entire line. You're not going to yeah. solve anything that well, way. That's not how you're going to fix it. And he's very much like you you're killing a pusher who's probably already also addicted themselves. They're also an addict. So you're you're not really punishing the people who killing that guy, you're not really punishing the people who are actually responsible for the drug issue. You're just punishing another victim. They they just happen to be, you know, a victim who's pushing just to get stuff themselves. And 
And his very liberalistic view of this and kind of looking a little bit differently, which is shocking for a fucking cop, um, is interesting in that it kind of triggers her into believing that what she's doing is right. Because when he says, are you going to go and get them all? And then she just kind of is like, yeah, yeah, I think I am. I think this bristles her. And it's this where she realizes that her work for revenge is not done. Right. And I would. Yeah. And I would like to go back to the beginning of the clip when he first comes up to her. Her hand is totally shaking while she's trying to have coffee and you can tell that that was another great bit of acting um and uh then when they went to go see her sister and her sister's completely comatose uh from uh, a heroin overdose so and yeah it's a, it's her sister's 11 so uh yeah it's pretty fucked and this film doesn't really give fucking, you breathing room at all no it is fucking dark it is that is a hard thing to come to fucking terms with yeah uh This is definitely not the fun, breezy films that we have seen previously with Pam Grier and him, even though they got dark and and twisted as well. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is, is, though, a little bit different level of darkness here. Uh, Yeah, it's got a really good social commentary on what's going on in the community at large and how that affects the actual people. And it's amazing to me that it took so long for things to get so much better as they are now. Fuck. Yeah, they're not. I mean, it's it's a story that could be told today, and uh, and the drugs just change because it seems heroin's become a uh, you know. I mean, heroin's still one of the worst fucking things a person can hit, you know addicted to. Now just add methamphetamines and and over the counter opiates that are fucking killing people now. So yeah, the hillbilly heroin of yeah. oxycotton and all that horse shit that became a big problem was only a problem because it was killing white folks. Yeah, yeah, that's the only reason why I got news. Uh, the, the, this stuff has been around. The the, the 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 issue with opiates has been around for generations, but until it starts affecting you know uh, some white high school kid uh, in the the suburbs it, it's not going to get any news because not even like a, a white hillbilly junkie is going to get any news but that one kid from an affluent family who took too much one time well now it's a problem now it's an epidemic and it's like it wasn't before <laughs> Mm, okay, I guess. News Channel 6. Weird that there's almost like a, a systematic problem with race in our Ooh. country. Like there is systemic racism in America. Wow. Like it's almost like that exists. But I've huh. never been taught that, Matt. I have no yeah, idea. I, I, but I've never been taught that either. I thought all race problems were done thanks to Martin Luther King. Apparently Obama getting elected fixed everything as far as yeah, what most thought, people are concerned. I, I thought everything was okay now, but I, I Okay, I guess not. No, kids are still dying from smack overdoses and drug yeah. overdoses and getting shot because of smack and other drugs and shit. And it's all happening in these economically disparaged neighborhoods. Yeah. And the only thing that has changed is the clothing because the buildings just keep getting older and look the same. Yeah. Yeah. It's all so fucking fun. depressing. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. depressing. Yeah. All right. Well, she gets out and the limo driver's like, hey, you know, uh, the the Mr. So-and-so, her boyfriend, uh, who's a politician, he uh, got done with work early and wanted to know if she wanted to, you know, hook up. And she's like, yeah, let me get changed. So then we cut to a dancing club. Uh, it, it could be, it, it, it seems a little fancy to be called a strip club. Maybe a gentleman's club. Go-go. You could call it. What? She's a go-go dancer and sometimes go-go. go-go's are topless. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a go-go club. Go-go dancing club. Anyway, we see uh, the uh, two guys, they're kind of mumbling and talking about issues. And uh, we see another guy who's watching them and he's, I call him Cyclops. Uh, he wears 
first pair of glasses. One part of it is, you know, darkened. Um, Striking looking villain. Yes. Yeah. I mean, literally, you might as well give him a curly mustache and let him go. <laughs> Jack Hill has a thing for bad characters or characters that are bad folks. Um, yeah. or working in crime organizations with eye patches. We saw that with Patch in Switchblade oh, yeah. Sisters. And uh, aesthetically speaking, it works because you yeah. you automatically wonder like, how the fuck is that eye, you know, what's wrong yeah. with it? Why is it covered like that? What's going on? Like You know, he. I mean, automatically when you see him, you know that's probably not a good dude. Yeah, something bad had to have happened and probably yeah. because he has made some bad choices in life that have led him to this, that he has possibly lost that eye. Yeah, not, exactly. Um. Well, and while this whole scene happens, by the way, uh, just lots of boobs everywhere. So yes, thank uh, you. Movie. Thank you, movie. Yeah. Thank you. The dancer is um, stunning. And the yeah. performance. I mean, all is... of them are. I mean, because there's there's numerous dancers there who are topless. So yes. thank you. Yeah. Thank you, I'm, movie. Uh, one yeah. of the things you can always count on on Jack Hill is boobs. Yeah. And, and I, I thank him for that. <laughs> if you are a fan of seeing female breasts and or you can't get enough of seeing female breasts, this is definitely a film more for you. I gotta ask, is Jack Hill Caucasian or African American? Uh, he is Caucasian, I believe. That is fucking weird, man. I, I'm gonna tell you, I don't know. That gives me a little bit of a problem that he makes black exploitation films. <laughs> I once you have made one, uh, yeah. the other folks that want to continue making more sort of yeah. pigeonhole you into that. And because he had worked with Pam Greer and Sid Haig, you know, on multiple occasions, yeah. um, they just kept getting put into like making films. And if you want to make movies, you make the movie that people hire you to make. And Jack Hill very much just worked. He just wanted uh, to work. I got you. All right. I, I'm just saying it, it sometimes it just makes me think weird shit. So anyway, uh, I would say that of all of the white filmmakers who were directing and or possibly writing or co-writing the black exploitation films uh jack hill handles it a lot more deftly than most okay all right well that's that's at least something well all right back to the story here uh pam's man uh who is a politician and uh, the guy he's talking to there not this isn't cyclops this is a different guy he is apparently as pam comes over and he's introducing he is one of the lead lead men in narcotics in the for the police department he's like in charge of narcotics Yes, yes, he's in charge of narcotics for the police force. Yeah, so he's like a lieutenant or sergeant or like the highest rank for that department below the chief or yeah. below the captain for that precinct. Well, that guy, he decides he's leaving for the night. So the other guy, uh, Ed, uh, you know, her boyfriend's talking to Pam and he goes, hey, I got some great news. I was talking to this guy and some other people. They want to make me a congressman. So he's going to try to run for Congress. So uh, this is really great. Uh, we see uh, a lady, she's kind of walking around taking pictures of couples and, and such and cyclops man actually you know corners her in a private room and takes her film from her uh by threatening to cut her uh because he's a fucking dick not just cut uh, her but he rips her yeah. shirt open and threatens to cut off her tit with a switchblade yeah. that i actually own not that specific one but one that looks exactly like it it's a weird flex bro but okay i collect so switchblades for fuck's sakes <laughs> I, that's it has to be a clip <laughs> i don't know how but that's for some reason that seems like it's a clip <laughs> yeah the argument of i collect switchblades for fuck's sakes yeah it sounds like it's some kind of a defense yeah because yeah. it is <laughs> I know. <laughs> no i just wanted to point it out that i do have that yeah. same style it's actually i think if, i've seen you that one from you before yeah so, i yeah. used to use it as a letter opener because i never yeah. fully like sharpened it and it's it's an italian made style switchblade from akc and that um that specific one 
gun or that type of switchblade has been made by that that family or that yeah, company I mean, for back an when extremely I was, long time. Back when I was in studio, that's just what you would keep threatening people with. So it was nice. <laughs> yeah, I had you, multiple of them. You would threaten to cut off my fat man tit. So it was nice. Um, <laughs> I have never that anyone can prove. <laughs> Uh, right. You throw in enough qualifiers, it's true, man. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, you're not wrong. Um, so anyway, Pam and her boyfriend, uh, they go back to his place and, uh, they, they bone for a bit. Um, uh, then they're kind of sitting around by the fire, enjoying a glass of wine, and she wants to go away with him. Uh, and he's like, you know, I just got a lot of work right now because, you know, he's running for Congress now. And he goes, but when all this is over, we'll, we'll go to my cabin. And do you tell Pam almost now? It seems like she wants to get away from it all. Maybe she sees a life where she doesn't have to be uh, in vengeance now. Uh, so, you know, with this man. Uh, so maybe she's even thinking about, hey, take me away from here. I, I want to go away. I, I, it also could be she still wants vengeance, but maybe because this was her first time getting kills, she just wants to get away for a vacation because, you know, that shit can really fuck you up. Well, and also maybe she needs to lay low. But I also was thinking that perhaps what she was talking about is a way to get away once she's uh, done whatever she needs to do to take care of this whole organization that she's apparently about to take on in her own head. And maybe she's just playing at like a happy life escape once this is all said and done. Because well, and I in also order think to do this kind of work, you really need yeah. to have an end game or an end strategy well, or accept the fact that you're going to fucking die doing it. Well, I think her end strategy is because she's she is in love with this Congress, this this politician guy, and she thinks he's a good man. Um spoiler alert uh but i think she um wants to uh I, I think she sees also okay he's gonna be a congressman he could if i get busted for some reason by the cops you know going to my murderous vengeance rampage he might be able to get me out of it so she's happy with that too well and, and also, also marrying a congressman would give her a very cushy comfortable life to where she could yeah. take care of her family and you know actually her sister all he's, that he's and, running on a campaign of bettering the black community or making yeah. things better for the black community as well and so that's got to appeal to her because she is part of that community as well as her sister who has suffered horrendously and a lot of the systemic racism that this candidate is talking about later on in the film speaks directly to her because she is a victim of it. Yep. And uh, he uh, and, she, you know, but he says, you know, after all this is done, she goes, OK. And then she uh, spills her wine right on his dick and starts going down on him. And he's then much like anybody else would says, OK, whatever you want. And that ends the first 20 minutes. And look how much we talked in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there's a lot to unpack in this movie. Uh, yeah, I do want to point out that she spills her wine pretending like it was an accident and yeah. then says that she would clean it up and she uh -huh. cleans it up by licking it up which would make yeah. kiss very happy according to their song yes yes and i mean wow that that that's a that's just a visual and a a fantasy in the head to be sure <laughs> Uh, yeah, like you had said, uh, when Pam Greer is laying out a tender trap, you're going to let her do whatever she wants to do with you. Yeah. Now, this is not a trap, though, because you'll see it in this movie. She generally loves this man. Right. And she thinks this is a good man and she wants to be with him. All right. So I was trying is... to be more delicate when I was really intending to say when Pam Greer wants to go down on you, you don't fight. That's you. You do not. And and if she wants to get away for the weekend, you're going to then get away for the fucking weekend. Yeah. Work or no work. You're, you're going to go away 
for the weekend. You're going to take her someplace, all right? You so give Pam nice. what she wants, and if she just wants to give you a blowjob as part of that, then you just enjoy it and be very yeah. thankful of what a wonderful life you just had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you, you just got to live uh, a, a pretty nice uh, – uh, you just got to have a pretty nice time. Yeah. <laughs> I, the 20-minute break stuff, uh, we've already got the setup. We see how she has this fantasy world. She's going to escape. We see yeah. the vengeance kinda, that she still wants to do. We so much about it that yeah, we're, we're kind of – we're good. We're set. Yeah, let's All right, well, yeah, we start the next 20 minutes. Uh, that night, Pam is uh, driving to the hospital for work, and uh, this uh, I'm this white asshole, because he's definitely white, and he's definitely an asshole, he actually is asking her stuff, and then tries to assault her, because, you know, he, he wants Pam Greer, but he tries to assault her, but luckily Carter shows up and shins him off. We find out the guy's wife is in the hospital. The guy's wife's in the hospital, and he's trying to rape another woman. So uh, Who is clearly a, dressed like a nurse. He's trying to rape yeah. a nurse on her yeah. way into the hospital. That's essentially what his plan was. Yeah, and he is um, a racist prick. So, ra- a racist rapist prick. That's Both like a special worst- level of hell for that piece of shit. Both the two worst R's you could be, he is. <laughs> Yeah, the only other third R that would be even worse is if he's a recidivist, as, as in he has been caught from this, went to jail, and then went and did it again and went back to jail for the same crime. This guy could just be the fucking worst and probably should go to the eighth ring of hell. So <laughs> uh, anyway, um, they uh, they go back to uh, his place uh, and they have some uh, coffee and uh, she's not the, about- Not the sex, but actual like the drink. Yeah, the drink. Yeah. Uh, and uh, she is about to tell him her secret but he gets a phone call and he says he's not in on it he won't be in on it he's not taking a cut and if he finds out he his partner will he's gonna report him she asks what's up after he gets off the phone and that's our next clip ever get the feeling you talk too much what was that all about that was me blowing my piece of the action what do you mean my partner mac henry's on the take who's paying off Big gangster out of Vegas named Vitroni. Moving into the black rackets because the big money now is in narcotics. Taking over most of the pimps and dealers already. Pimps? Yeah, like King George. He's a big dealer, too. All goes together. I've heard of King George. So tell me, if everybody else is for sale, why are you so special? Look, there's plenty of good cops left. What we need is more support from the people. I have a very, very big problem with the last part of the statement that he made. I don't believe that that's true. That just doesn't seem right to me, that there's plenty of good cops left. Those words uh, don't work. Well, here's, and here's, okay, here's why the saying old cops are bastards is such a thing now. When people say that, uh, people aren't saying what old cops are. Well, I mean, maybe some are. When I think of it, I don't think is. I don't think all cops are racist. I don't think all cops are women beaters. I don't think all cops are just straight up murderers. But here's my problem, or all cops are on the take or anything like that. But here's my problem, and something he even directly kind of plays into. He knows his partner and his buddies are all on the take, and he's even though he threatens to report it, you can tell he's resigned not to. So all those other quote unquote good cops. That 
like he's talking people cops who are decent men or women and 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 people who are you know not on the take not out murdering people not beating their spouses any of that abusing their power they still look the other way to the cops who do and so it makes you complicit in those cops actions if i watched you murder somebody and i looked away and didn't report it and, and didn't say anything i'd be arrested as an accessory so that's why cops are accessories to the bad cops that's why the saying of old cops are bastards are in but that's why i included it this clip i almost didn't clip it but i thought that was such a point i wanted to make that this argument this thing has been going on for decades this is nothing nothing new this has been going on since the start of time and you've had an authority structure well and police forces let's let's be very honest police forces got started as people that were bounty hunters for runaway slaves exactly yes you Uh, are very correct that's the origin of police and the police state in america specifically so therefore a black man becoming a police officer is essentially holding that tradition as they become a police officer and anytime that you are willing to become a police officer and enforce laws that you also do not agree with any law i don't care what it is even if it's a fucking speeding ticket if you are going to be part of a punitive state-run system that is specifically punishing people of your kind or people of your like whether it's race or whatever it is and then also people of your class who for whatever reason can't afford that fucking ticket but you still give it to them even though you know it's bullshit that yeah. um, them going 10 miles an hour, hour over the limit doesn't mean shit. You just need to fill that quota. That makes you a fucking bastard. Yeah, you yeah, are and, and, you are trading your comfort for the comfort and um, <laughs> safety of your fellow man and women just so that you can make a living. And you're doing it all for the power and the glory of the state. Yeah. You do evictions, you're a fucking bastard. I don't care if it's part of your fucking job. Sometimes I wonder i i don't know here's the thing i i don't know how you do anything about it i really don't because do we need a police force i mean there's always going to be people taking advantage of other people and i'm not talking about police on people they do but i'm not talking about i'm just people on other people people are always going to you know it's the nature of being unfortunately right now hopefully maybe someday we'll 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 uh grow out of this infancy known as you know uh, a, a as a people where we care about things that shouldn't be cared about as much. But as long as people have something and people have their haves and have nots, the have nots are going to try to take because they need. Do we, and then of course there's always just going to be people who are, you know, fucking bastards who are, you know, beaters or killers or rapists. Yeah. We would probably need a police uh, force for violent crimes. Yes. But there's a lot of stuff that can be handled by social programs as well. And we're getting way off fucking topic. I know, I know, but this movie just brings it out but i'm like yeah, it maybe does. you just need to detect because i also agree police don't prevent crime they're in charge of punitive arresting it yeah. yeah do we just need de- detective forces then like detectives who aren't you know police officers technically they are but they're just detectives they they detect you know they they look into crimes see what they can solve and then try to catch the perpetrators and then what should we do do we have to affect what actual crime is crime is murder rape and 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 assaults maybe we need to 
lighten up on some of the other things that we consider a quote unquote crime. But I don't. Yeah. Okay. We're way off the fucking rails here. So I'm sorry I got into that. Right. But, but uh, the film does touch on this because yeah. even the way that Pam Greer reacts to some of the stuff that he's saying, she is a vigilante because the system has failed her. She is exactly. doing this because this system has failed her. And whether or not she's hanging out with this cop to get the information she needs to move further, I don't know if that's necessarily the case. Maybe he just no. makes her feel good about herself because he's a friend. You yeah, know? they're a friend. They, they used to date. And yeah, I don't think she's... See, there's the other thing. Uh, well, I mean, she is a user of people in this movie, but they're all bad people. The people who she considers good people, she's not indirectly using them. She very much likes this guy as a person. She thinks he's a good person, a good man. And uh, and so that's how, you know, she feels. So I, I, I guess while she may be using him maybe for information, she that's not the only reason she hangs around him. She likes him. She believes he is generally I, a good person. I do not think that she intended to use him for information. It was the fact no. that he took that call and then yeah, started was, talking to her about what was going on. That and was telling a, that her, was a opportunity. Right. Right. And I think it's this is the linchpin where that opportunity she may have stopped if this wouldn't have happened. If this yeah. phone call wouldn't have happened in front of her, she may have stopped at Well, she was definitely getting ready to tell him what she had done. Yeah. And she then, was getting ready to confide in him yeah. about what she had done until that phone call and she heard all his cop buddies are in on the tape. Yeah, and that pushed her over the edge. You were absolutely right. Yeah. So uh all right. So uh well, right after this, uh two guys break in with baseball bats and they beat him senseless. Um, uh, they smack her around a little bit, and then uh, one guy gets really raping, starts feeling her up, and the other guy kind of grabs him and said, hey, man, we got to get the fuck out of here because, you know, the cops are going to be here soon, so we got to we gotta fucking go. This was um, fucking violent and really brutal. Yeah, it and was, I was really, I mean, when you're beating them with the bats, fuck, that was hard. That's a hard, hard watch, and you're not seeing him technically get beaten. You're, like, the camera's looking up from his perspective. You just see the guys whacking, but it's fucking hard enough to watch still. The implication of it and putting you in that perspective of the person that's seeing the bats coming at them works really fucking well. I completely agree. It is horrific shit. So, thanks movie. Not really, but I mean I guess it, it fucking, it gets the job done. Uh, um, good work at making me feel extremely uncomfortable during that sequence and then watching the guy get rapey on Pam Greer and only being stopped by the fact that they just tattooed a cop with bats and they need to get out of there before more cops show up. Yes. Well, we're in the hospital and Carter's partner and his quote-unquote buddy show up, and they really want a piece of the guys who did this, even though they probably sent the guys to do this. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we uh, if we find out someday maybe the cop will be able to go to, uh, uh, Carter will be able to go to the bathroom by himself, and that's with a lot of work. So Carter is very damaged now. Uh, yeah, this is the end of his life one way or another, and it's really fucking grim. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, Pam visits, then decides to go visit a woman who um, used to be King George's main woman. Uh, but Bottom bitch, I believe, is the term that the pimps use, Matt. Ah, uh, okay. Well, uh, she has a cut on her face. It's because she pissed King George off because, well, she's white and she called him the N-word. And that uh, didn't work out for her and he, she got cut up. Um, this is a really hard uh, kind of... This is a of... hard scene to watch and yeah. you're like, what the fuck is going on? man? I mean, by this point, I'm like, okay, I don't think this movie's going to let up. <laughs> I'm 
like I think I'm in for uh, I, I actually I think yeah this is exactly where I paused it and I decided you know what and I poured myself a whiskey because if the movie was going to take me there and it was a Friday night well okay I guess I'm going there then <laughs> Uh, yeah, I had to imbibe a little bit while watching this, too, because it yeah. was definitely fucking dark. It was dark, and I needed something to numb it a little bit because, it. I mean, it hit me. It hit me real fucking hard. Yeah, it's an unflinching film, and I guess until I did it, you know, with the mindset of, you know, something to yeah. talk about and reviewing the film, like, I didn't think too deeply about it, and it hit yeah. me way harder than I was expecting it to. And also, you were younger probably when you saw it. You're older. You have a different perspective. You maybe even care a little bit more about things you didn't care about before. Oh, I care way more about people than I used to when I was younger when I used to watch this. I know that for a fact. I was a little sociopath. Yeah, exactly. So I'm saying it fucking, it fucks you up. Well, anyway, you know, this girl isn't really going to give Pam anything. And so... She still works for the guy that slashed her face. Yeah. And she's like, hey, you know, my my main squeeze is going to be home soon, so you better get out of here. And Pam then says, fuck that. And she breaks a vase or something and she threatens to cut the other side of her face it's a bottle of wine and the lady pulls a knife on her to get her out yeah. and tells her yeah. to leave and then she's like oh you want to cut me then yeah, she pulls I'll the you she grabs the bottle breaks it and goes after her and pam goes you know full pam greer and you're like go go get her and um so the girl breaks and she goes okay i'm sorry and she says um uh look for his top guy arturo he's into some real you know freaky shit she goes you gotta fuck him though that's that's how you get into it and uh so and he likes uh he likes a lot of weird shit so he likes he likes foreign chicks is his main thing he likes foreign chicks yeah she gives her all the scoop of everything she needs to know to work her way in on this yeah yeah uh then pam finds out where he keeps like where all the girls meet all that kind of stuff from her and then uh she uh also wants to know where his stash is like where he keeps his stash of dope uh like the main stash like not just you know a little party dope like his fucking selling stash um and as they go back and forth on this then uh while her main squeeze comes home her main squeeze is a very giant woman named Harriet. Uh, we would call this an Amazon, probably. Uh, well, she shows up and chases Pam away because even Pam Greer looks and goes, well, I know when to cut and run. Uh, and then when Pam leaves, Harriet, you would tell this lady is just in a in a really bad spot in her life because she does not have a good picker because Harriet's an abuser as well and starts yelling at that woman for Pam being over. <laughs> so that's that's not gonna that's not going to go well. No, she's ready to beat on her just because another woman was in her house. Yeah. And she's jealous of that. Yeah, it was really grim. And this woman is doomed no matter what she does, basically, is what's going on. She's probably part of a cycle of abuse that goes back to her childhood and her family. Yep. Oh, yeah. And and also, she is also addicted to her, you know, probably drugs as well. Yes, so, that's why. I mean, th- that's how King George keeps his stable, apparently. Yeah. Well, um, so uh, then we see King George. He only shows up uh, to a club to meet Pam. And that is our next clip. Mr. George, I presume. You're the lady from Jamaica who called me. That I am, ma'am. And I can see that you're not at all disappointed, of course. So I'll come straight to the point, as I like to do. Boss, another drink for my friend here. I presume a champagne cocktail is sufficient? Good, ma'am. Now, I assume you've got complete protection from the police, have you? Of course. Of course, ma'am. Now, I contacted you as soon as I arrived from Kingston because I'm told you are the very best there is in your business. That right, man? I'd say so. Good, man. Now, I don't do no leather work, man. No whips, ropes, chains, and any of those fetish freaks. 
just plain sex. But for that, I don't mind saying that I am the very best in my business. We'll just have to see about that. Uh, if he is falling for Pam Greer's Jamaican accent, he is the dumbest fuck ever. But I yeah. do believe that looking at her, all he cares about is looking at her. And he's like, Listen, I get to try her out, quote unquote, is his she, thought. Is she look good right there. So, I mean, what are we, what do you want? All right. <laughs> I have seen Pam Greer in some really awful outfits in some of these films yeah. that she's been in. And she still looks incredible in them. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm just going to say right now, I bought that Jamaican accent hook, like and sinker, so I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I am only commenting on it now, Matt, because I'm only hearing it and I can't picture yeah, how she looks. Yeah. See, I can't help but picture how she looks, so... <laughs> right, but like, I remember how she looks, but like, all I'm hearing is the accent and my brain's like, nope, nope, you can't no. trick yourself now, dude. Yeah, do it. Get, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, so the one weapon that she definitely has is the fact that she is knockout gorgeous and men are powerless before her presence. They just bow yeah. at her feet, essentially. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, so when we get to kind of King George's harem of ladies, uh, they're all kind of there. They're very, very beautiful ladies. Uh, one's getting tended to because I think she got uh, uh, she, was, she got whipped by a guy, probably. Uh, and, I took it in a different way where she said, you have to stay off your back for a while. I thought yeah. she had bed sores from all the work she was doing on her back was the joke. Oh. Oh, okay. I got you. Um, that, that maybe that's it too. I, I, I fucking, you know, what do I know? Because of um, where it was at, I'm wondering if the friction of, you know, the thrusting back and forth created like rug burn slash bed source right there. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. It's either a joke or it's a reference to the fact that someone liked to play rough with her and she's going to have yeah. to stay off her back to heal it. Either way, it's kind of a grim fucking joke or it's yeah. a really grim, you know, statement way, on the life grim. of a prostitute. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, everything's grim uh so except for how wonderful all those ladies look in that outfit so thank yeah. you movie for this thank you. watching this stable running around in lingerie yeah so um the, one of the the scheduling lady even tells one of the girl getting stuff done that she's gonna have an appointment they're like she can't be on her back and the scheduling lady's like don't worry it's it's just a blowjob in the office so it's in the office so you'll be on your knees yeah so <laughs> she's gonna have sores on her knees when she's done with that from the rock yeah. burn yeah thank you so uh you know that's still not good um anyway <laughs> well the fact that she's been beaten or she has bed sores or whatever it is like she's injured and needs time to recuperate and yet she's going to have to go use her mouth to please some guy for money yeah well anyway george shows up with pam and he's kind of showing her around and then george's m new main lady she shows up uh they refer to them as bottom bitches man but i don't know if i can do that <laughs> so Hey, it's not a term I like. It's just an accurate term for pimps. I'm just going to say her main ladies, his main lady. So, <laughs> okay. Sorry. That's how I am. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> so anyway, uh, uh, and, you know, he puts the, you know, he shows Pam into a bedroom. The main lady's kind of like, Hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? What's going on? She's getting way too clingy. And George kind of shoes her away. And, uh, then she was complaining that she got paid for a guy that wouldn't Fuck her just to be arm candy for like yeah, X amount of time. She, she left Florida. He, he was like, what are you doing back in Florida? She's like, ah, I was boring down there. You know, I wasn't having sex. I was just being arm candy. It's like, okay, lady. But I think her 
main worry is, you know, you got to be, you know, she wants to be the, the main lady to George. You got to stick around George a lot because George may have a wandering eye and then you don't want to be losing those comfy gigs. Right. She's pretending like she's just craving George and can't get enough of him. But in reality, she's just trying to keep her power as the bottom bitch. Yeah. And now you see Pam in there and, you know, I'd be nervous too if I was her. So, um, well, anyway, let's get to this. One of the best moments of the movie. He walks into the bedroom where Pam is and we see Pam in all her glory. Uh, yeah. So she slips the, it. she turns around and slips her, yeah. uh, outfit off, which I think it was like a jumpsuit or something like that, yeah. but she was completely naked. Now, actually, underneath. he's wearing a jumpsuit. She was wearing more of a, like a, it was like a, a, a weird kind of dress type thing. But yeah. Okay. But he's like, wearing the jumpsuit because yeah, he starts she, unzipping it. But she unzips too. And then when she slides it yeah. down off of her body, she turns around and it's displayed in such a way to where she shows off her ass first in her hips yeah. as the dress is dropping down. And it the way that they film it, it accentuates her body because the dress kind of clings on the way down and moves to the hourglass shape. And yeah. it is extremely alluring. And oh my God, I can't get that image out of my head just talking no, about it now. I, I can't either. But, uh... And then she steps out of the dress and when she turns around sideways, then she displays the rest of her body. And we see full on, full fledged, full frontal nudity from Pam Greer in this film. Yeah, and, in all of her glory. And it is no wonder everyone keeps falling for her tender traps in this film because, I, good Lord, I'm falling for it right there. Yeah, 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 and I know what's happening, and I'm still going to fall for it. I used to I'm, fucking... I'm in on the joke. Yeah, I used to fucking laugh at, like, praying mantises and, like, yeah. black widows whenever they would mate and then be killed by their mate, and now yeah. I kind of understand, like, if... I get it. Yeah, if I'm a praying mantis and Pam Greer is the praying mantis that's you know looking to rip off my head like i'm like no no yeah let's go all right that's whatever whatever you need man i, I don't know <laughs> it's like i have uh, to die for this no you're worth it yeah let's yeah, go yeah, that's, yeah anyway uh they're eventually gonna hook up that ends that 20 minutes by the way that's that's a great way to end that 20 minutes oh and uh him dragging the uh zipper down on his jumpsuit yeah. down the habit trail you actually get a lot more of that actor's um pubis than i thought we would see in the film and then Agreed. you start slipping out of that that jumpsuit and you don't really see them having sex that's just implied after that but yeah. they do have a little something for if you're into dudes i mean that guy was pretty well shaped and when he was undoing that jumpsuit and starting to slide out of it i mean that's a little eye candy for folks that are into the dudes yeah there you go man i mean yeah they but they definitely had sex so it's implied but it's heavily implied i would like to state at the end of this 20 minutes that this is the point of no return for coffee like this yeah, oh yeah she is she is now decided listen carter's you know uh damaged her sister's comatose this is it she is gonna go full-fledged point of no return it's done yeah and this using like going after king george like this she is having sex with a pimp which is um even in the 70s an extremely risky uh behavior to do so this is i think at the point where she may be in the plan to where she knows that this may take her life but she's going to go for it anyway i agree we cut to now it's it's a there's a party happening and the gangster mr patroni shows up i recognized uh, him but i can't really I realize from him what too. yeah i think i know isn't he the psychologist or psychiatrist in mash 
Yeah, I think he is. I think you're right. Yeah. I think he's Sydney, right? Yeah, he's Sydney. Yeah. Oh, it was fucking bugging me for fucking ever. Right? And I was sitting there. It was the end of the movie. Bo- I was finishing my notes and getting like the clips together. And that still, yeah, was in the back of my mind. And then I go, it's Sydney. Yeah, that's that from Ash. Yeah, Major that's- Sydney Freeman. I just double checked. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely him. That was fucking Sydney. Oh, thank you. And he yeah, was, you're welcome. He was in, uh, he also was in, in the Heat of the Night. If you watch the TV show version of that, he was in that as well. I can't remember oh. what character he played, but like those between those two like i knew i recognized him but i didn't know what from but there you go folks there you go dr dr sydney is a villain is not something that's easy to watch for me i'm gonna have a hard time watching this again in the future yeah i know i don't i don't like i don't like sydney as a bad guy uh, yeah he's really fucking good at it though oh he is he is a prick um so let's see here uh but yes and it's he's a very important man um the uh we also see this the guards king george's men and uh uh petroni's men and do not like each other. So I think right now we have actually, there's probably some warring going on. And now though, know, there's a little bit of brokered peace where George is now answering to Petroni and uh, yeah, the men do not like one another. Well, at it, all. it was stated at um, one of the clips. And then earlier in the film that there's a new cartel that Petroni is running. That's moving in. And they're basically snatching up the power and they're taking all of the territories of the various black pimps and dealers and just basically taking over. So even in crime, we see that there is even more exploitation of the black community and that, you know, even when you turn to crime to try and better yourself, you end up having to pay all up to the white man anyway. Yes. And yes. And uh, by the way, Petroni and this man, very racist, very racist. Oh, extremely so. so, Yeah. Yes. So that probably also does not lend to a great working relationship, but it is what it is. Yeah. This is essentially modern day slavery. Which is exactly what drug addiction is meant to be in these communities. Yeah. King uh, introduces Pam to Petroni. Um, then we see the king's main lady. She uh, causes a spill and spills all over Pam some wine. And a lot of the other girls like start like patting her down. And one of the girls actually undoes the strap to her dress, exposing her a bit. Yeah. All of these girls don't the- like her because she's new to the stable and she's very clearly a threat. And the main lady slash bottom bitch dumps a tray of daiquiris on her. They weren't wine. They were like a type of daiquiri. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Daiquiri. Uh, It was red. I just... Yeah. Under under the guise that she was going to hand it to Vitroni, but she pushes them all across the tray. Yeah, the whole tray. Yeah. Right. And Um, then the other... One of them actually dumps like a flute of champagne on her hair as as they're doing it. And they basically are doing it to basically go after her and embarrass her and make her feel awful. Yeah. You bitches. Vitroni is even like, that was no accident. But he was talking to the ladies he goes, that wasn't an accident, I can tell. Uh, so anyway, uh, Pam then goes to clean up, but she actually finds King's stash, so she gets some drugs out of there, uh, and then while cleaning herself up, she puts in some I think some fake shit or some bad shit in with the King's stash in this fireplace. Uh, she actually says it, so if you're yeah. not... If yes, you, that's, she, that's right. Yeah, she does she some voiceover. She dumps, yeah. the, she dumps the actual heroin into the ashes. Yes. And yes. then she replaces what was there with sugar, is what she yes, says. Yes, that's right. It was with sugar. I'm so, sorry. so essentially what she's doing is spiking blood sugar everywhere for all of these junkies. And then she's doing it because it's going to make King George, you know, get, get all of his customers super pissed because they're going to all think that they're getting ripped off. But it also has a plot point that we need to follow yeah. later on. Also, King George isn't a drug pusher initially. He was just a pimp. He, these these are Petroni's drugs that he's pushing. He's just working for 
Tony now. So that's also has to be important. Uh, but he's um, also used it to keep his stable in line in lieu of payment well, of too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, of course, of course. He's still, but I'm just he's saying, still benefiting from the, it, but he didn't start dealing until Vitroni came is in. Why he, yeah, this is why he and Petroni are in business together is he's, he's pushing out Petroni's drugs to his neighborhoods. Yeah, he's been forced to, yes. But, yeah. but he is one of the folks but, that's like, hey, this is benefiting me. I'll do it gladly. Yeah, he doesn't care. So um, then as she's getting herself ready, she puts razors in her hair. Um, uh, I, I want to point out the hiding yeah. weapons in the afro. That idea was specifically a suggestion from Pam Greer. Oh, wow. Specifically nice. the razor blades. Um, they were trying to figure out how to do a fight and, you know, get some interesting things in the film that they had not seen before or just something that was different. Mm -hmm. And apparently this was something that Pam Greer knew about that um, ladies would hide razor blades in their hair or their afro so that if someone tried to grab it like during a fight, they get all sliced up. I don't know how she knew that, but according to Jack Hill, that was her suggestion and they kind of worked it into the script and they worked it into part of the fight scene. Well, it fucking works. Um, uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a great, it, it's, it's, everything's going to be awesome coming up here. Yeah, all I got to say is, again, this movie would not be anywhere near as effective as it actually is without Pam Greer. She makes that, this film. That's a fact. Jack that Hill is, even said as much in that interview that I was talking about. Yeah, that is, I mean, that's just a fact. That's, <laughs> I mean, there's no other way to say that. That's just a fact. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, then Pam, uh, she uh, comes back into the room and uh, the main lady for King George, her name is Meg. Uh, and she comes in and she picks up a bowl of salad and dumps it on Meg's head. Uh, then we get uh, a bit of a fight. Uh, uh, oh, this uh, is a full-blown throwdown, dude. Throwdown. And boobies start coming out because Pam starts kicking all the girls' asses, by the way. All of them. And yeah, she kicks the shit yeah. out of an entire stable of women. And she's holding her own without even having to use the razor blades in her hair yet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, then as she's beat the shit out of everyone, Meg comes up and grabs her by the hair. Of course, what does this do? Cuts her hands to shit. Anyway, everything calms down and Patron is like, I want this woman. I want her. He's telling George, I want her. I want this woman. She's amazing. Um, so then uh, we cut to Pam's kind of getting ready for the night, and she readies a gun inside a stuffed lion. Uh, it, like, hides it in there, and then she uh, drives over uh, to Petroni's for funky time, and that ends that 20 minutes. Okay, before we really dig into uh, the next or, you know, whatever, 20 minutes or so that's going to be close to the end here. Um, I wanted to point out that before Coffee, Pam Greer had done mostly women in prison or a women escaping from prison movies. And then a few like um, a few like like horror film appearances or some, you know, guest starring or background actress or actor things. But mostly she was known or by me, I would say, yeah. as women in prison films previous to this. Coffee is the first of her exploitation flicks that are specifically made for exploitation, mm -hmm. And it was on the success of coffee that the rest of her career like my one of my personal favorites foxy brown or even like her sheba baby or some of her other appearances like this is the film that skyrocketed her into being the pam Gr that we know today um the other this films film did? yeah the other films uh. did rather well now when i say this like skyrocketed um she has eight previous films or film appearances uh, before Coffee and that ranges from 1970 to 1973. She was in eight films from 1970 to 1973 before Coffee. Damn. And then this was the one that really brought her to the attention and the forefront I would believe. Uh, this was a huge success for the filmmakers and for Pam Greer as well. I mean the other films that she was in I do dearly love like The Big Dollhouse Women in Cages, The Big Birdcage, those those films, Black Mama, White Mama, I've seen 
those like a ton, you know, I haven't seen a lot of the other ones, but um, those specific films, they were more for the women in prison crowd. Uh, Coffee is a star vehicle for her, for sure, that is meant to actually move her career along and or see if she could be a leading lady specifically for this type of action revenge thriller type film that would be part of the black exploitation. And because of Coffee's success, Foxy Brown was fast tracked and was done within 11 months because they needed to get, you know, another star vehicle for her being this badass lady. And Foxy, we've already covered. And that is, they took all the things that they learned from Coffee and improved and gave us a somewhat happier ending because those two films are very similar. I just think that Foxy Brown may be the more superior of the two. I gotcha. Well, it was made later. They learned lessons and they spent more money on it. So there you go. There you go. All right. So we can move on to the next 20 minutes. Excellent. Um, Well, she goes to Petroni's place and when she gets in there, uh, they get into the bedroom and he starts beating her because and and calling her all sorts of racial slurs and he's he's just a prick. Well, she gets out and she gets the line out, the gun out. She's getting ready to shoot him, but his goons come in and we see one of the guys uh, who comes in and restrains her. He was one of the guys who went in and beat Carter. So he recognized her from that party. So this was a trap for her. They kind of say, what happened here? What happened here? And she lies, of course, and says the king put her up to it. Well, they infer or they get the idea that since King yeah. George was forced to deal heroin, that this was like a revenge tactic to try and take him, Vitroni, out and get Vitroni off of uh, King George's back. She, being a very intelligent and powerful woman, decides to play into that idea and immediately starts pretending to be scared because the truth of the matter of her doing this for vengeance they're not going to buy anyway and maybe this will buy her some time to figure out how to save herself like you see it like and Pam Gerber does an excellent job of doing it to where she's like like kind of laying there watching them and just kind of like motionless and emotionless on her face and then when they start talking about who could be doing this in King George like in front of her pretending like she doesn't even fucking matter before they go to interrogate her she actually does change in her facial expression that she figures out what she's going to do and she is they still believe she's actually is just a prostitute they don't they I mean they know uh, like of her but they they still think she's also a prostitute so that still works because they're like well she's just following orders right she's they just assumed basically that that cop had hired her as a prostitute for the night. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, well, and uh, all they know of her at this specific point, it makes sense, you know, because they don't, these specific criminal dudes don't know her other than she was there whenever they tagged that guy with the baseball bats. And that that's a safe assumption if they know her to be a prostitute, that that's why she was there. Yes. And uh, then the Cyclops man comes in and he tells... I called, started calling Petroni Mustache. He tells Mustache that he's in trouble. And uh, then uh, we cut to Meg checks in with the king to make sure, you know, she's still the top gal and he's not mad. And he goes, yeah, yeah, you're fine. And yeah, he's uh, all he like, said, you're my bottom bitch, baby. Flip. Yeah. And, and, you know. Uh, they're like, hey, uh, he has a meeting with Petroni. So he gets in the car. Um, his driver's like, hey, I'm really sorry about this because uh, the, the two guys, uh, Petroni's men are, he's between. And they're like, yeah, you're you're pretty fucked. And he's like, I don't get it. Why is this happening? Well, they put a noose around his neck and then attach it to the car and they make the driver drive. And oh, no, no, Ray, Sid Hag drives. Oh, no, yeah, that's right. And the driver's sitting in shotgun. And uh, they drag King to his death. Yeah, so and- one of of the dude stays in the back and holds onto the rope but also like puts it they put it in the door so that the door jam holds it shut but then the guy also holds onto the rope to make sure it doesn't let go and yeah. this sequence is harrowing 
Uh, we need we need to talk about this because they're they're throwing out racial slurs before they do it, and they specifically say that the noose is because he's black, and this is how they handle black folks. Um, yeah, it's it's not good. I wasn't. Yeah, I I just said they're racist before. So <laughs> yeah, the racist connotations of this and the lynching aspects of this scene are extremely uncomfortable to watch for me in this yeah. day and age with uh, my quote unquote woke uh, snowflake eyes. Um, but I, I also wanted to just kind of point out Sid Haig is when young is even more menacing than the older version of Sid Haig. There's just something is that about who that the, was? Yeah, that's just something about the way that he carries himself. Yeah, I know he looks like uh, Anton LaVey when he's younger. Yeah, yeah. Because of the shaved head and the, the little goatee. But like, that was Sid Haig as a young man. Yeah. Huh, look at that. Yeah, and he is extremely <laughs> menacing and all of the lines that yes. he delivers, he worries me and troubles me more than the eye patch dude in this or the Cyclops guy is what you were calling him. Like, I find him way yeah. more menacing. Oh, he is definitely way more menacing. So, like, yeah. He, he seems like the sadistic guy who gets sent out to do this kind of work because he's good at it. And we see why. Because when they drag George, this goes on for a really long time. And there's some sequences where it's clearly um, a stuntman being dragged here and there when they're doing some of the turns. But even when it switches to a dummy, um, the dummy, you just automatically assume that the guy's already dead. And it becomes like this ragdoll thing. And the dummy works really, really well. And I mean, I know it's 1973, but this scene was extremely harrowing and really hard to watch because they really fuck and go for it yeah it definitely was yeah it's driving them through like a junkyard area and fucking up the car for fun and like all this other shit that they're doing like yeah. like just through the construction zone where they drag them through all of that stuff the body is like hitting the curbs and stuff and then the way that they play it where the actors come out and the driver looks at them and then they're like oh we're not such bad people you could come yeah. work for us after this i'm like yeah, no you, you need a job now so i mean you said you need a job so you'll work for us now yeah you'll work for mr petroni yeah after watching them drag a man to his death i'm gonna fucking run if that yeah. were to happen this was horrific. I'm pretty sure he'd be caught so you kind of just say okay i guess i'm i guess i'm working for you now i guess this is just now my hell life until i die yeah this oh fucking grim <laughs> yeah grim well and that ends at 20 minutes and we're going into the final 30 now yeah this is fine we covered what we needed to cover while we're there yeah all right well uh we see uh we cut to now uh pam's boyfriend uh the congress the man running for congress so he's talking to the media about the issues of you know their community and uh we see as all this is happening the cyclops man is watching uh, I'm after... surprised you didn't pull that as a clip, so I just want to comment on this. Uh, if okay. you if you were to watch Coffee and you listen to this congressman and the things that he's saying and what he's trying to do in this uh, like ad that they're shooting, um, the issues in the community that he is speaking for have not changed since 1973 when this film was shot. Yeah, it has not improved in any way, shape, or form. And everything he said is stuff that people are still trying to say today, trying to help out the community that he is speaking of. And it yeah. was heartbreaking. I just I couldn't let that go without commenting. Gotcha. Not a problem. I mean, you're right. Well, after the shoot, he uh, gets a note from someone and he leaves very suddenly. Uh, back at the mob co compound, Pam uh, is trying to get out of this makeshift prison they made out of a sauna by a pool. Uh, she finds a metal needle and she works it on a sauna rock. The councilman shows up to a house, a different house, with a bunch of cops in tow, including the narcotics guy and the mob guy boss, Petroni. Um, so, we find out he's deeply connected. Well, they bring Pam in in front of him, and they talk, and that's our next clip. You gotta hand it to you, Lever. You're a hundred percent right. He knows her all right. He introduced her to me one night. Sure, I know her. She's just some broad I fuck. What's she doing here? This broad you fuck tried to kill me. 
That's what she's doing here. What? That's right. Don't look at him. Now, young lady, I want you to understand that we have no personal thing against you at all. I know that you are only following orders. So there is no reason why we cannot be friends, is there? I'm not a bad man, like I told you. I don't want to see a pretty young girl go to waste with your whole life ahead of you. Now, just tell me the truth and you can go free and no harm will come to you. Look, do you understand what it means when a man swears by his mother? I swear by my mother. Now, just tell me. Did this man send you to kill me? No. He didn't know nothing. Only King George, like I told you. She's his girl. What do you expect her to say? Howard, I'm sure personally that you had nothing to do with this. But this is a very serious matter. We've got a very profitable relationship here, but it depends entirely on mutual trust and confidence. That's right. We've gone a long way with you, Brunswick. But if we have to, we'll find ourselves another congressman. Howard! Shut up! You did your talking? Why would I want to have you killed, Petroni? I like this deal as much as you do. I can answer that, Mr. Petroni. These people all stick together like brothers. You can't trust them. Those two pushers that got killed last month had just come in with us. Then King George double-crossing us like he did. All brothers, remember? And he's one of them. And money, or deals, or anything, don't make him one of us. Shit. You know, you've been listening to my political speeches. I thought you'd be more intelligent than to listen to crap like that. Now, for Christ's sake, black, brown, or yellow, I'm in it for the green, the green buck. And as far as that chick over there is concerned, I'll tell you how much she means to me. Yeah. Take her. Will you say that out loud so these people can hear you? Take her out and kill her. Okay, so this is a man that she was apparently in love with and thought that they were going to have a life together, and he led her to believe that. And while he may be doing this specifically just to save his own skin, uh, also the care with which he has little of for her is just heartbreaking to watch. The care he has little of for anyone but himself. Yeah, okay, so he is very clearly the sellout character who is using the fact that he is black to exploit the black community and give himself power so that he can fill his own coffers. He's no better than King George. No, he is worse because he is pretending to give a shit Mm -hmm. in order to gain more power and well he's a politician everybody knows how politicians work he is a very typical politician yeah uh, definitely and fuck politicians and Jesus Christ fucking can't you know and Pam is now of course heartbroken as you would be as one is uh, and, uh, so anyway, um, Pam, they, they kind of drive out one guy and uh, a cop and uh, that's uh, Sid Hegg. Sid Hegg was in the car with him. No, Sig Head 
and but a cop goes with him. Sig Two Heg. Guys. You said it backwards. You said Sig Head. Oh, sorry. So anyway, uh, uh, when the henchman and a cop they go out, and uh, she seduces Sid. Um, so he takes her out to go ahead and rape her. Uh, and as he's trying to get going, uh, she stabs him in the neck with that whatever that metal thing she found and, and sharpened on the rock. Stabs him in the neck a few times. So fuck him. Uh, as he's, I want to, I want to point out too. She does try to seduce him where she says she wants to quote unquote go yeah. out with a bang or something along uh-huh. those lines. Um, I can see where he would have fallen for that, but then yeah, he does immediately like he just throws her down in the alleyway on some garbage and just decides he's gonna go for it. And it's really yeah. grotesque. And his death in this is justifiably deserved, and I'm glad that we see what we see here. Yeah. And she uh, she I mean, he stands up and he is bleeding out of the neck. Uh one guy comes to check on him and he's like, Hey, you gotta save me, but she's escaping, so he's like, Fuck you, I gotta grab her first. Um, yeah, he's begging for his life, and both the fucking cops abandon him, and it's yeah. awesome. Awesome. He's going to bleed to death under that fucking bridge like they were going to leave her there dead. Pam is able to kill both the other guys and just leaves Sid there to bleed out from his neck and die. You got to talk about the action that actually happened yeah. here because it's pretty awesome. Are you going to do it? Yeah, no, go ahead. Okay, so the cop that's chasing her, I forget how she ends up killing him, but doesn't she like... She, has she runs a... him down. She circles back and gets into a car. Okay, yeah, so the, she runs from the one yeah. guy and then she's in like this um, lumber yard or some kind of like uh, stone own quarry yard where there's like blocks and like these giant like cement pillar things like for building stuff um, yeah. and the cops chasing her around and he's trying to run her down with the car and mm-hmm. she just ends up jumping up onto a rock or going to like these these various like um, stacks of uh, cement pillars and things like that and then gets it to an advantage where she finds a rock and just improvises tosses the rock at the window and breaks it just right to where the guy can't see causes the car to turn upside down and as we know in the 1970s any car that rolls over even just kind of gently when it's going slow and then rolls over it's going to catch on fire which she goes he begs for help she grabs the shotgun out from underneath him um, while he's begging for help and clearly injured and he even says something about it's on fire it's going to blow up or whatever and then we see the car fully go up as she walks away it doesn't fully explode but you can hear the sounds of him burning alive which good on her for allowing him to do that and then she grabs another car right and runs that fucking cop down like she i I, she steals a car doesn't she yes she she definitely i thought she actually circled back it took sid's car that she drove it she's just circled all the way back yeah, okay. Because there are two cars taken, one cop car and then Sid's car. And right. yeah, I thought she circled back and took Sid's car, and that's what she used to run everyone down with. Okay, yeah, and then she ran down the cop, the other cop with Sid's car, and she runs him over a couple of times, and it's pretty grotesque and yeah. awesome. And oh, then she yeah. still has the shotgun, but then because she ran the guy down with Sid's car, she has to dump that car, and now we're at where we need to be. Yes. Um, We cut to, well, the three uh, bad guys, uh, they, they're ending the night, and as Cyclops, they hear a car drive. It sounds like it's coming fast. And the Cyclops dude, when he goes out there to check on it and Oh, she... you missed that part. She grabs another car. She uh Yeah. Okay, so before that happens, she but I thought it was the same car. No, same no car. No, no, no. You missed the part where she's on the park bench then. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She dumps yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. She's on the park park bench and a guy's like, Hey, you uh want some you know fun? And she's like, Yeah, and they get in the car and he, she's like, get a hotel and he goes running in to or no, he goes running in to get some liquor. Yeah, she tells him uh, to go get some liquor his dumbass leaves the keys she slides over steals the car circles back to the park bench where she hid the shotgun from the cops in the bushes and then heads off to the end of the night for the drug dealer dudes i wish i could call him a dumbass but i wouldn't because we both fall for that i would have taken my fucking keys with me and made her hotwire that shit (laughs) 
And she could have, because she's Pam fucking Greer. Well, <laughs> this character, Coffee, who can make a weapon out of a piece of metal she just finds on the floor and a rock, and then also knows how to fight with razor blades in her hair to help protect her. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she would know how to hotwire a car. I think they just did a shortcut and not, you know, and he left the keys in there thinking he was actually getting lucky. Yeah, yeah. So um, then we see Cyclops Man. He opens up, like, door, walks outside, and here comes Pam roaring up. He actually removes his glasses to, you know, we see his fucked up eye as the lights get brighter brighter and just runs him down. Um, I, I thought that was supposed to be like, you could see all the way the back of his eye, like that was the fleshy bits of what grew over when uh, his eye was somehow removed, but it's like scar tissue. And yeah. it's good makeup and it's gross. And I love the way his eye gets super wide whenever that happens. And even when the car hits and the dummy gets run over, all the dummy hits with cars in this actually work for me. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. Uh, so anyway, then she goes in there and she, with her shotgun and she kills the narcotics cop, the head of narcotics. And then the mob boss goes into the water and she makes believe like, hey, I'm not going to actually shoot you. Don't worry about it. And he feels good. And she asks where, you know, her ex is and the mob boss lets her know where he is. And she's like, okay. And she turns around like she's going to leave and he thinks he's all right. And then she turns right back around and blows him away anyway, because fuck you. Well, he begs for his life as well and offers her a yeah. million dollars just to let him live and to walk away. And she's like, yeah, I'll take it. I want to go get him anyway. Sure, that's great. A million dollars you got a deal you know where is he and then he says the beach house which is the house that he was going to take her to for the vacation to get away from all this this was what yep. she was aiming for and so that time has come but she was supposed to be long dead from a hot shot uh at this point and the guy was going to allow that to happen so her life is completely in shambles all she has is her vengeance and she's finally killed the guy that pushed all of the heroin into her neighborhood that caused yes. her sister's coma yep well, she shows up at that beach house. Uh, the boyfriend is walking downstairs. That's our final clip. Hello, Howard. Come on and sit down and talk to me. I'm not mad at you. Coffee, baby. I'm glad to see you. I knew they weren't really going to do it. Oh, I ain't here because they didn't try, lover. Well, they would have done it anyway. No matter what I said, you know that. Yeah, I know. I told you I ain't mad at you. Why don't you just let me have the thing? No! And before you try to take it, I think you better know that all your friends are dead. Vitroni, Ramos, McHenry, and some others, too. I killed them all. You? I don't know how I did it. It seems like I'm in a dream. And I'm still in this dream, Howard. And it wouldn't take much for me to kill you now. I can see how you, you might feel that way, but you don't understand all the facts. Now, I did what I did for my people, for our brothers and sisters. You shouldn't talk to me about sisters, Howard. I've got a sister. Look, why don't you just relax and let me pour you a drink. You're upset. I mean, you, you can see that, can't you? I can see plenty. I can see how each time a kid rips off a car or appliance store or somebody's house to get money for a fix, you get your cut. Now, don't be naive, baby. You think if I weren't mixed up with the rackets, there wouldn't be any rackets. Wherever there's a need, somebody comes along to fill it. Black people want dope, and brown people want dope. And as long as people are deprived of a decent life, they're going to want something to just plain feel good with. And nothing's going to change that, except money and power. And that's what I'm after, baby. Power to change things for our people. I want to get all that money back into the hands of black people like you and me. Yes, like you too, Coffee. 
And you can help me, baby, to make a better life for our people. Bullshit! You're just selling out to the white gangsters and businessmen. You're worse than they are. And I loved you. I loved you so much. You still do, baby. You know it. And I love you. And we're gonna do big things together, baby. Because you're my woman, Coffee. Now, maybe I have done a few bad things, but that's the way the world is today. Sometime you have to do a few little wrong things in order to do one big right thing. And that's what I'm trying to do for you and for our people, that one big right thing. You always were a good talker, Howard. You could talk me into almost anything. But I don't know. I just don't know anymore. All you have to know, baby, is that I'm your man. And I'm going to take care of you and I'm going to steer you straight. I've been missing you these past few days, Coffee. And I've been wanting you real bad. Now, why don't you just put that thing down and come and fold yourself up in my arms and I'll make all this crap go away. Motherfucker talks just like King George the Pimp to his ladies. Yep, and right as it looks like Coffee's actually starting to believe him and ready to give up the shotgun, ready to take him back. Like, just probably because she's just tired at this point. Well, she's in a dissociative state and she just wants to feel like her life is going to get back to normal. Like, she's looking for any out she can in this and it's just not going to work for her. Yeah, and, but before anything else happens, another woman shows up and calls out for the Congress congressman and that snaps Pam back to it and she turns up and blows him away with the shotgun uh and then we see her walking away on the beach at night and uh, roll credits she doesn't just shoot him dead Matt she shoots him in the dick and lets him bleed out that's right the lady that he's there with which I think might have been the go-go dancer if I'm not mistaken from earlier in the film yeah it could have been yeah um so she's there with him and uh Uh, he's ignoring the fact that coffee was dead. And he even said, I thought you were dead, baby. Like that makes it okay. And then she shoots him in the fucking dick. End of the film. Jesus Christ. Yeah. This is really, really grim, but I feel that it is in fact, 100% accurate to what life is like. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No happiness. Just fucking, just a burnt fucking house to go back to, you know? Yeah. I mean, and it's all again, thanks to Pam Greer. She is a hundred percent believable in this role. Um, Um, She embodies the role and all of the emotional range that she has to show where the ups, the downs, the trying to be happy, um, the morose talk that she has while trying to pretend like she's happy when she's around the cop and uh, even with her man when she's just trying to pretend like life isn't so horrible because at least she has him. And then at the very end here when everything, like all pretense of her life has been completely stripped away. And she realizes that she's being victimized on all fronts, not just for her community being ravaged by drugs that took her sister, but the fact that the man that she is in love with was a part of it and a willing participant and was using it for an excuse to gain more power and tries to pull the same political horseshit speech of, well, once I get the power, I'll be able to give it back to our community because if we're going to suffer from it, we should also 
will benefit from the money for it. And yeah. all of this horseshit that's not even true, but what he means by we is me. I should be able to get rich off of the back of the suffering of my own people. Like exactly. ev- everything about this is just so fucking grim and dark. And it's a film that is designed to make you think about the plight of African-Americans and, in this, com- you know, and their community and, in this country. And unfortunately, it ages well. You know what I mean? But ages well because it's still happening to this day. Yeah, this it hasn't aged at all. It's evergreen. No. This yeah. story is 100% evergreen. Yes. Yeah, yeah. To Fuck. this day in this country. And it's fucking disgusting that it is. And it's really, really disheartening. So yeah. for those of you that refuse to learn from history and for those of you that are, I don't know, let's say against Art. critical race theory, watch yeah. fucking coffee at least yeah. and take something from it. We shouldn't learn about our history. Fucking assholes. I fucking hate people. Yeah. Because we haven't learned from our history, we are doomed to repeat it in 2021. And I don't yeah. want to talk about this anymore because it's depressing me. But my God, is it an amazing film? It's so it is well an amazing shot. film. And, yeah. And Pam Greer is incredible in it. And I want to end, end things kind of on a high note. Okay. Yeah. Uh, one of the interviews or a discussion that someone had with Pam Greer, this was like a little interesting trivia thing that I found. She was asked why she had chose to do so many nude scenes in coffee and particularly in her other films. And Pam Greer's reasoning on this is excellent. All right. So she says being nude in those movies, she was trying to help men understand society created this mystery about the vagina, the breasts. When you create a mystery, people want to see it and attack it if they can't have it. So her idea was, here's the mystery. I hope I bore you and you never get hard on again. Is what she said. Damn. That is badass. Like she's like this. There's nothing to it. This is just my body. You know what I mean? And so I feel like that is a somewhat body positive, also very feministic approach to as as to why she chose to do so much nudity in her films. Definitely. And, uh, I just have to say, Miss Greer, um, I will never be bored of you. No. I will yeah. never, ever be bored of seeing you. I'm sorry. <laughs> you are incredible. So, but what you have done, though, is help me appreciate the woman behind the things that are the mystery to me, if you yeah. will, because you were incredible in this film and this film would not have been what it was without Miss Pam Greer. Thank you so much for doing it, ma'am. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Right. I, yeah, no fucking news. Long enough show already with so yeah. much societal issues to discuss. Let's just fucking end it here. Let's end it. If you enjoyed this show, then make sure you check out the other great shows on the Legion Podcast Network, like Cinema Psyops, Cinema Beef, Devour the Podcasts, Duncan and Bo Come Correct, Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, Friday the 13th, Get Slayed, The Hell Ming Power Hour, Hello, This is the Doom Show, Hero Hero Ghost Show, Kill the Cast, Underwater Kaiju from Outer Space, Jerry Hates Action, Legion After Dark, Mental Health, Obsessive Cinema, Discourse, Pick 6 Movies, The Podcast by the Cemetery, The Podcast on Haunted Hill, The Psycho Semantic Podcast, Rick Radio, House of Wax, Dude Looks Like the 80s, Rabbit and Red Radio, The Shadecast, Short Bus Cinema, Two Drink Minimum Commentaries, The VD Clinic, Who Will Survive Horror Podcast, and Witch vs. the Doomsday Clock. With such a widespread of shows, there is guaranteed to be a niche for you to fall in love with. Horror, politics, movies, books, sex, music, commentaries, health, video games, kaiju, action, news, comedy, and opinions that would most likely get you killed in some parts of the world. We are proud to bring you some of the best podcasting in the world. Check us out at www.legionpodcast.com, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and any other dark corner of the internet where podcasts can be found. Chocolate
Proving that the music of the movie tells the story of the movie so that you are very sure of what you are seeing on screen. Coffee yes. Baby is telling us exactly what's going to happen with coffee. During a uh-huh. sex scene, that song is written to be all funky funky for the sex time. And uh, yeah, it's telling you that tragedy is on the way while we're watching Pam Grier have sex. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> if you'd like to find other instances where Court has fucked up and then covered it with editing, you can check that out at <laughs> legionpodcast.com forward slash cinema dash that's going to just jump in where I talk about fucking up and then fixing it with editing and then people yeah. have to go to the outtakes and know what's going on. Fucking A. Yeah. If you would like to join in on the fun of all the upbeat stuff that has to do with our show, I would suggest following our Instagram page, cinema underscore psyops. That is the meme repository for all things meme dump having to do with the show that Court curates. Yes, of course. Of course, if you don't like Instagram for whatever reason and you're on Facebook, I also share the memes from that repository whenever they are dumped to Instagram to our Facebook group aptly named for the show Cinema PsyOps. All our memes, comrades. <laughs> I'm available there on Facebook and also via Messenger as Court PsyOps and as we've already established, Matt exists online under the name of Matt Psyop but is not available for you in any way, shape, or form. These are facts. You can email feedback to Matt and Court at cinemapsyopscourt at gmail.com because Matt never even looks at psyopmatt at gmail.com unless it's to get onto his Google Drive and upload his clips. I don't know why you have to fucking attack me like that, but all right. I mean, if this is the way you want to start a fucking weekend, fucking <laughs> asshole. I'm just stating facts as they are existing. I don't need your fucking facts, all right? I got my own facts. I don't even know what that means. You have your own alternative facts to the fact that I, you do I, not I, actually engage with the audience that's, or your fellow I mean, podcasters. Uh, you know what? Just fucking get on with the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> you can also tweet a couple of tweets to a couple of twats on the porn bot shit fest that is twitter but only I'm, if you're a porn bot <laughs> i'm at court underscore psyop there and matt only participates with porn bots there as at psyop matt he does it under at psyop matt because his wife and mother do not follow at psyop matt so he can get away with all of the porn bots that he's tweeting tweets at and looking <laughs> at their tweets of their twats jesus christ is that what you do <laughs> uh yeah but i also have it on my phone that my wife could look over my shoulder while i'm looking so i have to make sure that i do not pull up twitter whenever my wife is able to see my phone because then she will see all the twats that are being tweeted at me. Yeah, that's why you take a lot of bathroom breaks. I get it. <laughs> well, that and I have a heavy fiber diet. Well, yeah, that too. Well, <laughs> while you're out there trying to move some stuff of your own, folks, kick the fuck out of this weekend. Make it your bitch. <laughs>
record a message. Afterwards, your message will be played back to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, fuckers, religion's bullshit. God's not real. Your bloodshed boner lasts more than four hours. It's just that it's destroying my bloodshed. Check, check. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Hey, fuckers, religion's bullshit. God's not real. Your bloodshed boner lasts more than four hours. It's just that it's destroying my... If you are able to hear your own voice, then you have configured Skype correctly. If you hear this message, but not your own voice, then something is wrong with your audio recording settings. Please check your microphone and microphone settings or visit Skype.com for more help. Thank you for using the Skype call testing service. Goodbye. Hey, start recording on your side. And I am now recording on my side. One, two, three. Uh, how's your waveform looking? Everything looking good. All right, I know you can hear this, but I want to make sure it's not too loud for you because I, I turned it down because it was distorting in my test call for Skype, so. All right. Perfect. It's just that it's destroying my bloodshed boner, okay? Your bloodshed boner lasts more than four hours now. <laughs> I rented out my womb. How many, like, fucking dead kid fucking clips do we have? <laughs> That is actually, that last one's a good question. I don't care who you are. That's a good question. <laughs> it's true. It is, it's, very, it's very true. How many dead kid clips do we have? <laughs> Significantly more than we have theme songs for this year completed that, right that's, now. Uh, that's of this recording. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's, 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 I'm going to tell you, God's honest truth. In the eyes of the government, that's one too many. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're in the good headspace now. I don't have yep. it. I don't have the actual theme song yet, but when when I get it, I'll I'll try and punch it in. And if I don't get it, then this will be you know I'll just release it and then I'll fix it later, I guess. There you go. We, <laughs> we do one. Hey, hey guys, we're under a lot of pressure here. All right. And by maybe we, we won't we, have a theme song on time. <laughs> and by we, we mean me because I always have to do a new theme song every year, and I always delay it until now because yeah. <laughs> you got get something weird in your head. So you gotta have that different theme song. <laughs> Well, and I got to go like fucking, I got to do a new one every year and I got to do it all myself. I can't, you know, I got, I got tired of trying to find something that would fit for the show and I have no time to do it because I got to get it done by Monday and we're recording this Saturday morning and I got to get the theme song and edit this show all done by Monday night. Um, It's been a long time since we've been up in the morning to do this shit. (laughs) Yeah. We used to to do it for guests. So, all right. Yeah. It's been a long time since I've been drinking a cup of coffee. (laughs) Yeah. I made a really, really strong energy drink. So, um, I still remember the one time we did it for someone overseas and they were drinking beer and all that shit while we were, I, I was having a breakfast burrito. <laughs> Ugh, now Skype is sending me fucking ads trying to tell me to, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Skype just you. sent me some fucking ads trying to tell me to add some shit. Like, like they're like, hey, you can get messages on your Android phone. I'm like, fuck you. All right, let's, oh, let's do the show before I get too much oh. more pissed off. Yeah, I don't want your fucking messages. <laughs> all right, so it's just going to be like, there's no theme song, so I'm just going to come in. So three, two, one. The first 20, hold on. I'm experiencing with a new layout because I had some issues with PCs last night. So I I believe, uh, sorry for the outtake here, but I believe the old laptop is now dead. (gasps) Yes. I believe it has taken its last breath. (laughs) So luckily I have the laptop that I do this show on. So we're doing it from there.
there was a yeah. there was a time in my life when I was trying to find every movie that Rob Zombie has ever sampled, and yeah. now I'm just trying to find a movie that Rob Zombie hasn't sampled. Now you're just trying to find a movie that Rob Zombie or franchise that Rob Zombie hasn't ruined. No, that's not the case. That's not the okay. case. I'm not bagging on him. I'm just saying like right. his film fanaticism definitely extends to sampling movies. Yeah, yeah. In, in his music and things like that. And I I used to dig that stuff. I'm not as much of a fan as I am anymore, but I remember <laughs> well, because, that. One. Probably because it did too much. And then you kind of too much of anything's a bad thing. Uh it's White Zombie I'm more of a fan of. It's just when he goes to his solo career that I kind of I didn't lose interest, but I've lost interest now, but I can still go back and enjoy some White Zombie. Oh, there you go. Well, that's nice. I like. I mean, I, I like White Zombie, and I even like some of Rob Zombie's, you know, solo stuff as well. So. I like coffee even more, so let's talk about that. Good job. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. Let's, motherfucker. Alright, because we had to get on that, so thanks, Court. Alright. Uh, let's see here. Sorry. Hold on one second. Okay. So, um, the that is meant to fucking shit. Man, that storm's getting nasty. I hope we don't lose power here. That would suck. It was it was pretty heavy out here. And the thunder was pretty huge at the beginning of the show out here. We need to update this promo because so many of those shows are no longer with us. Ouch. I didn't pull up my show notes, so that's yet another outtake while we try to fix this. I am way off <laughs> yeah. my fucking game on Saturday morning. Oh, yeah, my mornings are, are hard. <laughs> Especially since I was up till 2 watching the movie last night. If you'd like to find other instances where Court has fucked up and then covered it with editing... Well, while you're out there trying to move some stuff of your own, folks, kick the fuck out of this week and make it your bitch. <laughs> I had nothing else. I'm fucking loopy as shit. I'm operating on less than four hours sleep, man. Fucking A. I, I've stopped recording on my end.